So the season series ends with the Dallas Stars after another laugher, seven to two, and the Stars outscored the Minnesota Wild nineteen to five in three games. I I am at a loss for words, folks, and so we're going to talk about what was mostly just deeply unserious hockey in tonight's Locked On Wild postcast. You are Locked On Wild Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Minnesota Wild embarrassed off the ice against the Dallas Stars as they lose 7-2 to to finish the season series against the Stars, 0-3, being outscored 19-5 in the three games. Welcome into tonight's Locked On Wild Postcast, which is brought to you tonight by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Folks, that was some of the most unserious hockey I have seen in this entire season. And it looks Exactly like the team that we saw at the beginning of the season that is incapable of handling even a shred of adversity. And it's just so unserious to go into the opposing rink of a team that you consider a rival, a team that you are chasing in the Central Division standings, and to just get flat out embarrassed off the ice. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this team continuing to look just completely shell-shocked every time they have to handle even a little bit of adversity. It it just, from the get-go, it just looked like they were skating on sand. And you are trying to convince us that you are a team that is going to get back into the postseason picture, and you are handing games to opposing teams. You're handing them from the get-go to your opponent. It is infuriating to me as the host of this show when the number one talker should have been, hey, we got to see Jesper Volstead's debut against the Stars tonight. But the thing that we have to lead off with again for the 50th time this season is the fact that this team is just so hilariously outmatched on the ice that they don't even belong on that same sheet as the Dallas Stars. It just nuclear meltdown special teams performances again here tonight. You have a really the the goalie's the only one that seems to care about what's going on. You've got players going through the motions. You have your top line that should be the one leading the way for this team that looks like they are completely deer in headlights. Honestly, folks, it makes me sick. It is infuriating to the point that I just, we, I don't understand why we have to keep rehashing this every, every game. The fact that we continue to point to the injuries as excuses for why this sort of thing continues to happen. And honestly, I still am very, very confused as to why the decision before the year was made 
to retain every piece of this after what happened last year. Knowing what was going to be in place this season and next season, and we have a GM that decided that this is the group that he wants to go to war with on a night-in, night-out basis. When you're getting run off the ice against the Dallas Stars, you're getting run off the ice against the Colorado Avalanche, you're getting run off the ice against teams that are far worse than that. And yet you piece every bit of it together with the ability to not do anything about it. You can't move people unless you get their permission to do so. And what is the incentive of being traded if you were given the assurance that you're not going to? You've got players with modified no-trade clauses to where they can submit a list of teams in which they do not want to be traded to, which hinders your ability to get anything of value in return, and you have other players that have essentially full trade protection. What are we doing with this roster? Why were these two years not being looked at as an opportunity to evaluate what you have in your system and to figure out what you need to build your roster once you have the mostly full capacity of the cap to do so? It's just such suck-ass hockey every night from this team. I, I don't know what to discuss first about tonight's game because there really weren't any highlights. You had Brock Faber batting a puck out of the air and nearly scoring the shot hitting the post. And let's talk about another thing. Why is it that Brock Faber seems to be the only person on this team that's bothered by this? Breaking his stick on the bench after being on the ice for one of the goals against Wallstead. Why does he seem to be the only one that's bothered by this? Why does he continue to be the one that has to answer for all of this going on? Every night, after every game, Brock Faber is available to discuss what happened. As a rookie, Folks, this repeating this insanity every game is just so infuriating that we night in and night out have to talk about players getting lost and just looking like they don't know what they're supposed to be doing on the ice about the power play just looking completely casual. And hey, they scored tonight. Power play scored, I think, to be honest. I don't even... Yes, Ryan Hartman scored on the power play. Okay, cool. But here's the other part of it. Being completely lifeless and not even remotely in the game until the third period is a massive problem too. And from what I saw... Comments before the game suggesting that the team was going to have 
a fresh set of vibes and some some butterfly energy with Jesper Valstead getting his first career start here tonight. Where was that? Didn't show up until the third period of a game against a team in which you consider yourself a rival. You consider yourself a team that can get back into the conversation against the teams like this. This is a team that has no business being in the postseason conversation. Like I've I've tried to kind of play both sides of the fence with this because being a show that covers this team on a daily basis, I I like playoff hockey. I also want to see this team get the opportunity to get a high draft pick. This team has no business being in the postseason conversation. And we all know what's going to happen. Full well know what is going to happen once everybody comes back. This team's going to go on a run to get just close enough to not be in the postseason. And instead of being able to pick in the top 10, they're going to pick at about 16 or 17. Like what what do you want me to what do you guys want me to talk about tonight? Because I'm getting a little tired of this same song and dance on a nightly basis. Why why do we have to question the battle level of a team? The why do we have to question the give a damn of a team? That kind of stuff, it should not be, that kind of stuff should not be even negotiable for an NHL team. That shouldn't even be on the table. And yet, we have to, every time one of these games comes about, we have to question it. I don't like doing that because it's obvious that there are players on this team that are giving it everything they've got, but there are players that are not. And it just, it sucks. I hate it. Like, I do want this team to tank. And it's funny because I've had people on X that have questioned that logic. They'd rather this team be playoff competitive every season because a high draft pick does not guarantee you postseason success. But I'll tell you what it does guarantee you is a better opportunity to hit on an impact player than picking in the twenties. Now Judd Brackett has done a good job of hitting on picks in those locations, but 
I I don't know, guys. I I got to be honest with you. I just get really tired of the bar being to get into the conversation. I get really tired with the level of success being we have made it to the postseason when the level of success should be we're holding the Stanley Cup trophy and giving all of our players an opportunity to do what they want with it for a day. That should be the measure of success. Not if we get the opportunity to have a few more games at the XL Energy Center in the playoffs while then watching as the other teams have all the fun in the second, the third round, the Western Conference final. And the only instances is when the only instances in which this team has done that in their history is in seasons in which they weren't expecting to. Is it so much to ask to be able to have a moment like the Colorado Avalanche, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, like you name it, any team that has won the Stanley Cup, Over the last handful of years, is it so much to ask to just get one of those moments? But then the other part of that coin is being willing to accept that it is not easy to do so because it requires you to have to be bad enough to get those impact level players, to get a Kale McCarr to get a Nathan McKinnon, to get a Steven Stamkos, to get an Andre Vasilevsky. You have to be willing to be bad in order to get those types of players to put as the centerpieces of your franchise. Now, there obviously is way more work that has to be done than that. You can't just get those guys and expect that you're going to be able to... um that you're going to be able to do it. Edmonton certainly hasn't. Toronto certainly hasn't. But the other part of this is that it's nice to have a team that is even fun to watch. Even at a base level, it's nice to have a team that is fun to watch. And this is some of the most joyless painful to watch hockey that we have seen this season there's there are moments are so few and far in between as to what is even enjoyable to watch for this team that it honestly it's I, I'm at a, I'm really honestly at a loss for words as to what we continue to see. And like I I don't know because 
it's nights like tonight. You don't even want to dive into the nitty gritty details of what was what was seen in this one tonight. I thought Jesper had some really good moments. I thought he had some I thought he had some good saves in this one. I was amped. I was excited to see what he could do in this one, and nobody else in front of him showed up. And I gotta tell you, had things played out this way without having fully committed to this group for multiple seasons going forward. I would have called to blow the whole thing up after this year. I would have said it it, it is time to take a step back. The the dead cap for Parisi and Suter is just too big of an obstacle for this team to be serious about being competitive. You need to take a step back and you need to go at this. You need to double down around what should be your actual core. And we are so far on the other end of the coin now. You have maybe two spots. You've got you got the potential to have a new fourth line next year. You know what? No, I'm I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna save that until after we come back because I I do have some thoughts on that, but it's just it's just not even serious hockey at this point. Like you, you are so far away from the Dallas Stars, who are in third place in the division. You're not even on the same planet at this point. Yes, there are injuries. There are a lot of injuries. But I think what we're also seeing that is problematic is how much the guys that are out cover up for a large part of what is in the lineup right now. I'm going to try to get my thoughts in order because I mean, seven to two stars made it look very easy in this one. And so we'll, uh, we'll finish. We'll talk about some other things and uh, we'll wrap things up in uh, tonight's locked on wild postcast after this. Tonight's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is over, but the playoffs are around the corner, and there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel is incredibly easy to use with a wide variety of ways for you to place your bets, such as the live same-game parlays. If you took the third period over tonight between the Wild and the Stars, you cashed in big. You can also find bets in the Explore tab and put an unbeatable parlay together in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find the most popular parlays on FanDuel. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Tonight's Locked On Wild postcast is also brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come here to discuss sports as an escape from some of the crazy things going on in real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is, in and of itself, a very scary and real thought. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than seeing a family member get sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. Folks, the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, amongst others. These are all conditions that can happen to any one of us at any time without warning. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, that's jacemedical.com. Offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Minnesota Wild lose by a score of 7 to 2 to the Dallas Stars. And that's now five out of six that the uh, Wild have lost in their last six games. And further and further behind the eight ball, uh, as it just, this just continues to look less and less like a playoff team. I'm sorry. I, I know that there are players out of the lineup that can help, but even at their best, even at their full strength, it still is just a, uh, it's still just a team that I don't think is, is going to do anything other than repeat what they did the last two seasons in the postseason if they get there. So Lockdown Wild's official position as of today, official position that we will not be taking back at all the rest of the season, is that it is better for this team to just accept that it's not, it's not working out this season at minimum. And to be honest, I would much rather see them take a bigger step back than that we're not going to get that, though, because the expectation level for this team continues to be make the playoffs. Whatever that means. So let's get to the comments, because I I could go any number of different ways here. And um, I just frankly, I'm kind of tired of talking about it <laughs> like I. I really wanted tonight to be talking about Jesper making some big saves and we got to talk about, we got to talk about a no show again. That's about seven or eight of them. No, it's more than that. 10 or 12 this season so far uh, in 40 games in which have just been flat out just no shows, which is, um, just just is really disheartening. Now, I will say as MW Auto starts us off that the uh, PWHL Minnesota 
the ladies were winning tonight. I was uh, trying to keep track, trying to watch teams that actually were capable of uh, scoring. And um, it's, it, it's, it was nice. I hope they did end up winning. I'll have to uh, go back and look, but um, I, I love what they've done so far and uh, hope that they are able to continue it because I can really only watch one team not care at this point. Really, really only have room for one. Let's look at some of the other comments here. At this point, give Faber the C and something might change. Huge maybe, but what can we do at this point? Bill Guerin is not removing the captaincy from Jared Spurgeon. I'm sorry. I I want like I would love to see Brock Faber get it, but I I think I'm trying to best serve this audience by being as realistic about some of this stuff as I can. And so it's not that I it's not that I disagree. I don't see there being a situation in which Bill Guerin will remove the captain C from Jared Spurgeon. I just I don't see it. Brock Faber's ready to be captain today because at least he answers for some of this stuff after games. And I know it's easy for me to rip a captain that is currently injured and so is not in a position to be able to talk about stuff like this. But Faber's done it all season. He's done it after pretty much every game. He steps in. He takes blame. He takes way more blame than he should. He just has consistently been willing to own up to when things go wrong. And it makes it way more palatable because you know he's accountable for it. But also with Faber, we've seen him make way more plays to atone for it. And it's easier to understand those types of plays coming from a guy making his his first full year in the NHL than it is for players that have been in the league seven, eight, nine, ten years. Steve, the whole team wasn't even there for the first two periods except for a few. I mean, you can boil it down to Volstead and probably, again, it's just because I, I look up that um, I, you see Faber trying to make plays. You see Rossi trying to make plays. That top line combination tonight was completely invisible until the third period, which is just a that's just a massive problem. Like. If you're going to be the top line for a team, I don't care if you are the San Jose Sharks or the Vegas Golden Knights. If you are the top line for a team, you have to, at minimum, carry what's going on for the offense. And I just, I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it's very disheartening to just continue to see this. <sighs> Continue to see this play out. Um, I don't know. Gary, do they need another retreat up north? Some guitar playing around a campfire and then jumping in Lake Superior. Uh, All-Star break's coming up. So there will be a full week off there to um, re reload. And... Um, 
and then try to February 7th, try February 7th to get the season restarted for about the fifth time. Amanda joining us tonight. Thanks for hopping in, Amanda. Um, I, as everybody can tell, I just am so fed up with, with what we continue to see. Who are the players that are tradable now between now and the end of the season? What are the key areas outside of defense that are needed? And with all of this, how will the cap issues actually impact the draft? Uh, let's go to cap friendly. And I will just read through the current contract situation for um, the team as it stands right now. So Matt Boldy, as of right now, does not have trade protection on his contract. I don't believe that was added in. So Matt Boldy is currently uh, a movable asset for the Minnesota Wild. Matt Zuccarello has a 10-team no-trade list. Jewel Eriksson-Eck has no protections in his contract, so he is a movable asset. Marcus Foligno has a no-move clause, so he is not a movable asset. Freddie Goudreau has a 15-team no-trade list. Marcus Johansson has a no trade clause. Ryan Hartman has a no move clause. Brandon Duhame has no protection in his contract, so he is a tradable asset. Marco Rossi's on his entry level contract, so he is a movable asset. Connor Dewar has no trade protection on his deal, so he is a movable asset. Pat Maroon has a 16 team trade list on his deal. Jake Middleton has no trade protection on his deal, so he is a movable asset. Alex Goligoski has a no-move clause. John Merrill is not going anywhere because why? Brock Faber's on his entry-level contract, so he is a movable asset. Zach Bogosian has a modified no-trade. Damon Hunt is on an entry-level contract, so he's a movable asset. Dakota Mermis has no trade protection, so he's movable. Marc-Andre Fleury has a uh, no-move clause. Jesper Volstead is uh, on his entry-level contract. Jared Spurgeon has a no-move clause. Kirill Kaprizov has no trade protection until the summer. Philip Gustafson has no trade protection on his either. Folks, do you see a pattern here that the players that are movable are the ones that you shouldn't want to be able to move? Again, I just I don't understand why it couldn't wait until the offseason to lock in the likes of Ryan Hartman, Marcus Foligno, and Matt Zuccarello. Why are you taking away the incentive if they want to play for this team? Go ahead and prove it. Go ahead and prove it. Prove that you can be a, a viable part of what this team is building going forward. And instead, you took all of the incentive away by locking everybody in long term. So there really are no consequences for anybody on this roster to list through this season. As MW Auto mentions, the PWHL Minnesota are undefeated on the season. Thanks, ladies, for saving us this evening from um, from whatever this is. Denny is here tonight. 10-game losing streak will be ongoing. 
Wild only have a winnable chance against Anaheim. They're not going to beat Anaheim playing like this. I, I'll guarantee you that. They're not going to beat Anaheim throwing this level of battle in against the Ducks. And so why not? Why not at this point lose to the Ducks so that you can increase your ability to get higher up in the uh, in the draft? I I just I don't know. Like it, it is so funny to me. It is so funny to me that the feelings on this roster have nosedived so quickly because of what seemed like a panic move. The sentiment that this team is better with players like Marcus Foligno and Ryan Hartman in the lineup, I can understand to a point, but you're acting as if it is impossible to win without them. You're acting as though they are more integral to the success of this team than... Kirill Kaprizov, then Brock Faber. And so that is kind of a problem for me. Is that those guys have been prioritized over the next wave of players and prospects. You can get, you can find veterans. What you can't find is game-breaking talent. You can't find generational talent goalies. You can't find top six centers. A lot of the talent stuff doesn't become available by accident. You can find veterans, though. You can find veterans to fill different roles. The Wild had Nick Benino the, the two, two years ago. The Wild had Nick Benino. As a bottom six center, a face-off and a penalty kill ace. And you didn't sign him to a five-year deal. Such as Freddie Goudreau got. You found, you went and found Ryan Reeves. You didn't sign him to a four-year deal. Although we got to, we got to be honest here. Like, we have to really be honest with ourselves. The reason that Bill Guerin didn't sign Ryan Reeves to the same three-year deal that Toronto did is because they financially couldn't. If Bill Guerin could have met Ryan Reeves at that $1.25 or whatever, he would have done it in a heartbeat. And so, like, you can find veterans other places. You can find a capable third pairing on defense. But ah. <laughs> uh... I I don't even know what to say. 
honestly, folks, I don't know what to say. I, I, I just want to flush this as much as humanly possible. Like it's starting to suck the joy out of this part of it, which should be the most fun getting an opportunity to hop on here and talk through exciting wins with everybody. Like these types of performances just suck the life out of you because I am a person who shares one thing with Brock Faber is that I hate losing. And a lot of you share that same characteristic hate losing, but can also understand if losing serves the greater good, which is what we have tried to kind of pivot to here on Locked on Wild, is just these types of games. Well, it's okay because we've got a we we have better odds of getting a higher draft pick. But the, it's going to be the pretty much the same thing. It's going to be pretty much the same roster next season. And that honestly is frustrating to me. Is that you you see what happens against St. Louis, you see what happened against Dallas, you see what has happened so far this season and you just decide to lock it in and protect it at all costs. So, yeah. You're not going to beat Philadelphia playing like this. You're not going to beat Arizona playing like this. You're not going to beat the New York Islanders playing like this. You're not going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning playing like this. You're not going to beat the Florida Panthers playing like this. You're not going to beat the Carolina Hurricanes playing like this. You're not going to beat the Nashville Predators playing like this. You're not going to beat the Anaheim Ducks playing like this. You're not going to beat anybody playing like this. The New York Rangers did this. Anybody remember that? The New York Rangers did this. They sent out a letter to fans and said, folks, as much as we want to be competitive for all of you, we we just can't do it. It serves our better purpose to really take a look at this. To step back, to be honest with ourselves, to step back and to give ourselves an opportunity to rebuild our prospect system, to rebuild our team. And guess what? The fans didn't the fans didn't run away. The fans didn't run away and hide and never come back. The fans understood. The fans get it. Fans are way smarter than we, people give them credit for than teams give them credit for. New York Rangers fans, they embraced it. They came back. And look at where the Rangers are now. They're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference.
And what are we? What are we right now? Seventh in the Central for now. They're like the 27th best team in the NHL right now. I got to I got to collect my thoughts because you all deserve better than just me just yelling into a microphone. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take that opportunity to collect my thoughts. Tomorrow's episode is going to lay out where this organization has failed. All the way back to Parisian Suter. Everything that this team has done from then until right now. And then what we're going to try to do is to figure out how to build from it. How to how to get this team to where they need to be, to where the fans deserve them to be. Because these games are just, it's just, it's so deeply unserious what we're seeing from this team. And I haven't checked X since we started recording. I I wonder, I wonder if there was another closed door meeting. The third one of the season. <laughs> uh, seven to two. 19 to five in three games. 19 to 5 It's it's just it's deeply unserious. All right, folks, that's that's what I got for you tonight. Again, sorry that I didn't get more active in the comment section tonight, but honestly, sometimes you just got to yell. Sometimes you just got to get it off your chest. Sometimes you just got to throw it out there and just let everybody know what's going on. But much unlike what we see on the ice, guess who gets up day after day and continues to try to answer these questions? Locked on wilds. And so we're going to do that. We are going to continue. Yes, I see you locked on sharks. I'm choosing to. I'm choosing. I, I think I also admitted omitted you from the you can't play like that and beats or wait. No, we don't play the sharks this month. That's coming, though. 
But Lockdown Wild going to continue to answer the bell, continue to get up, continue to try to figure out this mess because that's just how we do it. And so take my advice, everybody, because I sure am going to just forget about this one because there is no redeeming quality about quality about what we saw on the ice in tonight's game. And so we will go to Philly season, I guess on Friday, but tomorrow's episode Tomorrow's episode is going to be titled, Where Did It Go Wrong? So buckle up for that coming up uh, for you tomorrow. But that's all I got. Again, make sure to hit the like button before you hop out. Make sure to follow Locked on Wild on YouTube if you have not already. And uh, win or lose, we will continue to keep you up to date on everything going on throughout the Minnesota wild organization. So we appreciate all your support and uh, we'll be with you. uh, (laughs) We'll be with you in the morning. I, uh, man. Yeah. I I don't know. Well, seven to two loss to Dallas. How about that? Uh, This has been another lockdown wild postcast and uh, we will be back with you uh, coming up for tomorrow's episode. So until then, make sure you follow along with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the locked on podcast network.